The views and opinions expressed by guests on the TWBC podcast are solely those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views of nor constitute an endorsement by the host, TWBC, or the advertisers. National Championships, Confederation Championships, World Championships, major professional events. For over three decades, he has been there for many of the sport's greatest moments. And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high echelon tournament water skiing. From the founder and creator of the Water Ski Broadcasting Company comes the TWBC Podcast. And now here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, greetings one and all and welcome to this episode of the TWBC Podcast. My name is Tony Lightfoot, as mentioned before. And it's uh, great to great to have you on board. I mean, the uh, the Northern Hemisphere uh, professional water ski season is just around the corner, uh, barely barely a week or two away with the Swiss Pro Slalom coming up at the beginning of May, and another event that will be uh, coming up fairly soon afterwards. Uh, actually, as we're recording this podcast here today, it'll be about two months away from the. Uh, from the relaunch of the uh, LA Night Jam uh, competition, which will take place in Zachary in Louisiana, and, uh, and a real good friend of mine from uh, from from the from the previous years uh, here in Zachary, and uh, the co-owner of Bennett's Woodski School, is joining me here for this edition of the TWBC podcast. So, uh, welcome, Jay Bennett. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Tony. Thank you for coming in today. Look forward to having an informative podcast here. Excellent stuff. So mentioned right off the bat, uh, LA Night Jam coming up on the uh, the 18th of June. Uh, primarily a professional jumping event, but actually has a slalom component attached to, to it as well. Kind of tell us, uh, give, give us some broad strokes and tell us a little bit about the tournament and what, uh, what we can expect uh, two months from now. Well, Tony, I'd, I'd kind of like to go back a little bit to where we originated this event. Um, we were not the brains behind doing a night event. It actually started, to the best of my knowledge, with Stuart Marson over in England, and uh, we just decided that that would be a great way to entertain people. So the thought process behind it was if we did it at night, we had figured out that people during the day were taking care of personal uh, needs, working around the house, taking their boat out, water skiing, wakeboarding, doing the things they do as a family. But if we did it at night, we felt like we had the opportunity to bring in crowds. Back in the day when we had a tour, uh, we did have really good crowds during the day, but that kind of went by the wayside. So we were trying to figure out a way to rejuvenate the crowds. So when we did the first one in 2008, it was in conjunction with the INT National Water Ski Championships. Uh-huh. And we kind of used it as a pilot to invite some potential sponsors out and had some of the skiers come ski on the exhibition uh, bases. And it was really, really impressive at night. And it was well sought out by the sponsors. So that's how we originated it. And 2009, I had Brad Peculis and I had... Uh, Amy Bing working with me as our team, and the job that they did putting this thing together was phenomenal. So that's how it started. So the theory behind it to have five, 6,000 people out here that are water ski enthusiasts, we wanted to put on a show. Mm-hmm. 
So kind of like a dinner and a movie situation where it's about a two and a half hour event. During the day, we do our record capability qualification rounds. And after that, we get into the show with the gates opening at about five o'clock in the afternoon. And we came up with a theory to charge by the carload, get as many people in here as we could, charging by the carload. And then we just had to do a lot of market spinoffs as far as getting sponsorship, individuals helping us, uh, having a VIP area. And we went into it as more of a show than actual competition, even though we had prize money for the jump competition for men's and women's. This year we have 25000 uh, total prize money. But it was a show that people enjoyed watching the water sports that we put on the on the water as well as the competition jumping and the theory was to get more people involved with our sport because they enjoyed their afternoon and that's how it all kind of started okay so uh, fast forward from uh, from 2008 to uh, to 2022 now i mean we've uh, kind of you've kind of resurrected the event it went on hiatus uh, for, for for a while for for whatever reason but now uh you had the the friday night lights uh, competition which took place last year in conjunction with the collegiate nationals uh, kind of like the same template really I mean you, you had you had a tournament uh, the previous year which kind of uh, reintroduced the concept of having a nighttime water ski uh, jump tournament uh, I mean that I mean that seems to be important to you have uh, having that kind of preview event before going headlong into into some something as as big and as grandiose as uh, as a competition that attracts the world's top competitors. Well, you said something earlier about we had a hiatus from from the event, and the bottom line is sponsorship dollars. Uh-huh. Uh, Mastercraft obviously believed in the event, and they came back with a sizable budget for 2020. So we we're really excited about doing some things that we'd never done, and one of the things we wanted to do was bring slalom into LA Night Jam, and we would also entertain the idea of always liking to do something for the first time that nobody has ever done, and the idea was to do dual events, have slalom going on at the same time on one lake while we had jumping going on on the other. That being said, uh, thanks to COVID, we had situations where we couldn't all agree on how we were going to proceed after COVID came into play. So it ended up getting canceled once again. So it's kind of at a point where this tournament's not supposed to be. As everyone knows, it tries to put on these events, trying to uh, raise sponsorship dollars is not an easy task. Uh, I would hope that the skiers would have a better understanding of how hard it is for each individual group that are putting on these tournaments now to come up with the kind of money it takes to do an event properly. And so, we don't have a tremendous amount of support from the industry, so my tournament relies on local um, sponsorship and actually individuals that are good friends, believe in what we do, enjoy what we do, and they sit there and they sit down at their desk and they write personal checks to help this event uh, become full circle. So we're excited about being able to do it again this year. Uh, as you mentioned, we will have two-round record slalom on Saturday on one lake while we have two-round record jump on the other lake. And we do have a little prize money for the slalom as well. Uh, That night, we will bring the two women 
that had the best scores that day into the finals. We'll bring the two men that have the best scores of the day into the finals. Those two will go head to head and then the top lady and the top man will go head to head for the money. So we're excited about adding that to Night Jam. Obviously, we're with a handicap uh, thrown in for good measure, I guess. You know, we don't have all the details lined out yet. We're still, uh, we will print everything well ahead of time. Once we know what we're doing, I'm very, uh, to me, it's very important that all the athletes, whether it's jumping or slalom, they know exactly what the rules are going to be for the event. Gives them the opportunity to say, yes, I I understand them, I agree, I'll be there, or I really don't care to be there because I'm not in line with your thinking. So we make sure we do that because um, I think it's very important for people to be able to make a choice. But we're excited about the event. Uh, I'd like to take a minute of your time, and, and there's so many sponsors involved with us raising this money, but some of these individuals that just helped us tremendously, David Stamps, Scott Bergs, Dr. Mark Gayron, Kerry Morgan, Jeff Koontz, Perry Cox, Van Parker, and Donnie Covington, all personal friends and business owners that wrote personal checks. And we'd never make the event happen without our title sponsor, which is Tides Medical. And Joe Spell has always been an incredible backer of anything we've done here. Mm -hmm. He's the reason, the, one of the major reasons the ULL program is as strong as it is today. And so we couldn't do it without Joe and his help. So just to mention a few people there, it's uh, very important to me. Of course, and I mean, I mean, you you raised the point uh, that sponsors getting sponsors lined up and on board uh, for an event such as this is extremely important. But kind of give us a little bit of uh, of I, I don't know a, a scene or a scenario. Uh, of the spot of the typical sponsor profile because I'm sure it's sure it's a lot different to gaining sponsors from like somewhere like Central Florida compared to here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which I'm which I'm sure people even today struggle to find on a map. But I mean, but I mean the 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 actual the actual profile of your typical sponsor and your supporter is a lot different in Florida than it is it is to South Louisiana. Wouldn't you agree? Well, it really comes down to your local connections and people that have uh, been involved with the event in the past that really want to stand behind the event. Uh, you got to get very creative with your marketing. Uh, we have a marketing package that offers a lot of different avenues for sponsors. Uh, some of it's corporate sponsorship to where they entertain their clients and they entertain their employees for the night. So uh, we have a VIP area where people can buy VIP tickets. Uh, some of the companies will just buy X number of VIP tickets to, to give their uh, clients a night out. And uh, so we have a lot of different variations of the way we are able to create sponsorship, and it works pretty well. All right, then. So let's let's try and let, let's try and discuss uh, some some items in a broad context you know and uh, I, I mean the one thing that kind of strikes me a little bit is 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 the whole the whole deal with professional skiing over the years because uh over even over the last few days actually actually read some posts uh, from an australian skier whose name is ian faulkner 
who's who's done a fairly detailed uh, description of what brought of what professional skiing has has been since it since its early genesis in the 1970s or even the late 1960s to where it is today and you know he talked about events such as marine world and the mercruiser and those and, and those events the masters and and lord knows what else the cause light the Michelob dry water ski pro tour all all all, all of those deals you know uh, i mean i mean 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 if you were to tell like the young younger skiers the younger generations that that these events actually existed back in those times with like oodles of money you know being being awarded they're they're probably like turning around and like thinking what what happened jay and 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 maybe maybe you have an answer to this well i think one thing's very important for younger skiers to understand that everyone's not going to be at the professional water ski level and i think it's very important that the parents understand how healthy the sport is uh how many byproducts the sport brings to the table uh, i know bringing my daughter up she was able to travel all over the world she got an education because of water skiing so there's a lot more uh, value there than just being able to ski professionally to make money now don't get me wrong i would love to see us one of the reasons we have this format with la night jam is to get more pub more people in the public seeing water sports and going, hey, I like that. I want to try to get involved with it. It's uh, easier said than done to get into the tournament scene of water skiing. But uh, the reason that I feel like we have such a hard time on bringing sponsorship to the table is our exposure level. So the more we can get people outside of the sport to an event to see it, the better chance we have of getting more sponsorship. And where and where does any blame fall fall so far as that is concerned? I mean, I mean, I mean, in in the in this day and age, you know, people people are like are like searching for people to blame or to or to accuse of being guilty or what have you, you know, for for the for the woes that the water the water skiing has, has suffered through in the last few years, you know, with his exposure and that and that kind of stuff. You know, does it does it come from like the grassroots level, the administration level, or even or even higher into the international level? I mean I mean I mean how how far do you do you spread that across? Well the parallel that I see is the amount of choices uh, families and participants have with so many other avenues of sports. Uh, when I was coming up, you had baseball, football, basketball, and there's just so many other avenues that, that the kids can participate in and families can participate in that makes it more competitive. Uh, exposure level, where we used to do very well with having TV coverage, that's a big part of what we need for exposure to the general public. Uh, unfortunately, through sponsorship dollars and things that happen, we have lost that ability. So I don't have the, the answer to the, uh, to the question of fix all, but it's just I know we got to get more people watching our sport, seeing our sport, and getting involved with our sport. 
Okie dokie. So uh, that taken care of so far as pro water skiing is concerned, the, expo the exposure level, that kind, of, that kind of thing, obviously needs to be improved and steps are being, are being, being taken little by little to get that done, at, le at least so far as uh, TWBC is concerned anyway. But uh, moving forwards a little bit and uh, one, one of the ways that, that, that you yourself and, and your associates have increased exposure is by actually having a great training facility here at uh, Bennett's Water Ski School in Tri Lakes in Zachary, Louisiana. And one, one of the neat things that you do, even before the season starts with like the ski school and the summer camps and everything, is you have these pro clinics that, uh, that come up. Uh, Freddie Winter was here a few weeks ago. Just this past week, we've had the likes of uh, Karen Trulove come in. And, and as of the recording of this podcast... Uh, Freddy Krueger is is coming in to do a a, a jump clinic, and uh, and there, there was a waiting list for that jumping clinic, which which I'm sure probably delights you a little bit because it says that there are there are some folks out there that that really want to fight the good fight and really push hard to keep to keep jumping uh, going forwards. Well, first of all. It's a great time for people to get together and ski with one of the pros and learn more about the pros because we have a lot of time off the water where we spend with a lot of camaraderie. I believe the package that I decided to put together is not just about the time on the water and about the coaching. It's uh, the entire package is things from having a massage by sports masseuse having nutrition clinics. We've had Brittany Greenwood, who's a pro water skier, come in and do a wonderful job doing the nutrition clinics. We have the camaraderie of going out to eat and having some of that wonderful Louisiana seafood. <laughs> and uh, we finish it off with a nice barbecue and beverages on a Saturday night. And it's just the total package that I think people are really enjoying. I remember when we started this two years ago, uh, you talked about the bookings. Um, it was a slow go. People really didn't know exactly what, what we were offering. And after we did the first year of clinics, this year when we first put it out on social media and did a few little emails, within two weeks, all the clinics were full with a waiting list. So obviously it's well accepted. And we appreciate the pros that come in and help us. And uh, we'll do continue to do it probably next year we switch it up a little bit we'll have different pros come in but the format will stay real similar okay and, and as i mentioned this goes on before the summer season where you have like the summer camps and and stuff like that i mean obviously during the course of the of the summer you get a whole slew of uh, of, of tournament centric skiers but more often than not you you have you have the uh, those that come in and uh, want to try the sport, you know, do a little bit of skiing, a little bit of wakeboarding, doing it for the first time, you know, as as part of a uh, as a summer camp. Has has that has that dynamic really changed all that much in the last few seasons, or has that been been pretty much uh, the deal for the summer from I don't know from ten twenty thirty years back, I guess. Well, you brought up two good points. The clinics are early in the season. And so the purpose of early season skiing is for people, you know, you hear the, the negative that I'm not in shape and I'm not ready to ski hard. Uh, 
the positive of this, and most people understand it, is that you come in and you involve the clinic and you set yourself up for the season. You learn different things about how to train. You know what your regiment can be for the summer. You have your technical side of it that you've learned to be able to take it with you all the way through the summer. So that's the positive part of doing the clinics in the early early season. Then we get into the summer camp programs. The, the way the summer camp programs evolved was strictly, uh, once again, our thought process here at Bennett's on how we can grow the sport. How do you get more people involved in the sport? So we become heavily, heavily recreational based with the summer camp programs. And when the parents get in the boat on Friday and they get to see what the kids have learned, it uh, relates to uh, families enjoying themselves. It relates to them getting involved at a higher level. It relates to boat sales, pro shop sales, boat service, and they find another world that they can enjoy with the entire family. So that's the plus of the summer camps. And don't get me wrong, we, we started and still heavily involved with competition water skiing at all levels. So we get our share of those skiers also. But it was an area where we felt like we really wanted to try to grow uh, our business as well as broaden uh, the view from people on the outside. So that's how the summer camp programs got uh, promoted locally. And being able to, to actually teach a, teach a tip, typical summer camp student correctly how to get up on a wakeboard or on skis and that kind of stuff. I mean, that, I mean that's, that's extremely important because, I mean, and, and let me put a disclaimer out there for you folks out there that are, prob that are probably detecting uh, maybe, a, maybe a little bias in there, but I have been involved in Bennett's Water Ski School for, uh, for, the best, for the best part of 30 years. I've worked alongside Jay. And I, typic I typically run a lot of the the beginning skiing side over on over on Lake Three, which is where you take skiers who have never never put skis on their feet before to be up on the bar, up on the back behind the boat, in in all all said and told about half an hour, and then 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 continue to progress from there. And and I mean I've personally found that 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 using those techniques is 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 a really really good way to try and promote the sport by actually teaching people in like like say you know getting up on top of the water isn't all that hard it's it's not a big it's not a big struggle it's not just throwing the rope out behind the boat and throwing some skis and telling them to struggle and say hey best of luck you know there is there is a way and there's a method and there's a way of teaching no you have been with us an awful long time tony and we appreciate what you do over there on lake three you know you and i talk about this all the time our objective when we start on monday morning is to get these kids where they're parent proof mm -hmm. uh, parent proof means going to their boat their driver their body of water and being able to do what they do with us in a professional setting and so all these little steps that we take i don't know if too many people listen to our podcast that are on the recreational side or even really care but these little steps that we take one, two, three that you teach every week over there makes it so much easier for the kids to learn how to ski and make them parent-proof. So when mom and dad get in the boat on Friday, it's a win-win for everyone. Excellent stuff. And as we move forward into the summer, we'll, def we'll definitely keep, keep, uh, keep everything going in that respect. 
So, future of the sport. I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we've got pro events this summer, you know, and we've got we've we've got we've got a lot got of a lot of events, and and I mean, for the for the first time in a lot of years, they're actually they're actually two or maybe three weekends where they're they're so fully booked up that there's one or two actually pro events taking place on that same weekend. It's caused a little bit, little bit of friction with a, with a few of the, uh, uh, with the organizers. But, uh, I'm, but I'm guessing having too many pro events is better than having none, you know? Well, it's a tough situation in the fact that there's a group of skiers that work hard to try to organize these dates and these schedules. But at the end of the day, it's all individual clubs or individual people trying to come up with the sponsorship dollars to put on the event. Um, so I think communication is a big, big deal. Uh, if you feel like you're going to be able to put on one of these events, making sure you get your date out there early to where other people know what you're doing. Maybe have some flexibility with your schedule, which sometimes is impossible. We know we got a situation. I think we have a situation over in Europe with the slalom events where there's a conflict in, in weekends. But uh, on one side of the coin, it's great to see that many events, see that many people really trying to put on a pro event. And uh, that's a good sign for our sport. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, with that, uh, we'll, we'll kind of uh, round off the podcast a little bit. We certainly thank you for taking time out of uh, quite a bit of busy schedule of uh, of things coming up. What with LA Night Jam and uh, the clinics and the and the summer season coming up, a lot a lot of stress, a lot of uh, a lot of things are uh, tying up your day. So. Uh, uh, normally, what I give uh, my podcast guests the opportunity to is to is to give thanks and to acknowledge the uh, people that have brought them to where they are today. So, uh, with that in mind, I'll uh, hand the microphone over to you. You know, the list for me goes on and on, uh, Tony. No one person ever does everything by themselves. It's so many people that have helped us out through the years. So many people that have been supporters of our of our uh, facility here. You know, uh, my wife and I started this a long, long time ago with uh, two partners. Uh, we built a facility that's really handmade, and it's worked out through the years to be very successful for, for what we enjoy doing. Um, so it's a family operation here. We're, that means an awful lot to us in the fact that we've been able to do it as a family. And it's just been very fortunate to be able. This is a, you, you you know this fact, but this is our 46th year of operating a water ski school. So we're very fortunate in that respect, and we appreciate you uh, being part of what we do here. Why, thank you, and uh, certainly appreciate that. And uh, that was Jay Bennett, and this is Tony Lightfoot for the latest edition of the TWD. BC podcast. Great to have you on board again. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this uh, podcast if you haven't already done so. And uh, with that, I am going to say ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. 
Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcasts.